Setting up a new business is no easy feat as many of you can possibly understand. Today I am talking to Jake Messer who built his own independent fashion brand that is now distributing globally across five different continents. Jake's story is really inspiring and I really hope that it will inspire some of you guys who are thinking of doing something similar to take action and get out there and do it. This is Culture TV episode 9, make sure you like, comment and subscribe. My name is Nick Nagarko and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go! Yeah, so, you, so you're saying modelling's art, like... Yeah, I mean, for me, I've never, ever been comfortable in front of a camera, ever. Yeah. So I'm much kind of better behind it. Um, I just go dead stiff, yeah. look dead uncomfortable. No, it is definitely an art form, though, because if you think, like... Well, obviously, I, I've, I've obviously had to do loads of press shots for my music stuff, and I'm not a model by any stretch of the imagination, but you can grasp from from the bit the little bits that I've had to do I can kind of get a wear the shoes of someone who is a, like a full-time model what they yeah 100% I think you, you, I've worked with loads of models and certain ones you can see because their rates are normally twice as high yeah but they just get in front of a camera and they just have this natural kind of ability to be able it sounds quite cliche but just to literally be able to work it yeah they're so aware of their movement and what they're doing yeah and the relationship to the lens yeah and then and how that creates because it's also it's all about shapes isn't it as yeah well. yeah people just think it's a pretty face but it's not how it normally works yeah, no, <laughs> so yeah not. i uh well as soon as i get behind a camera i'm like shit yeah that's the reason you know that i paint the reason lot, I pay a lot models. of the most like famous models or the most successful ones are not necessarily the most attractive either because mm. they've, they've got more like you can see a personality without saying any words exactly yeah and yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that's kind of a big thing exactly. but um yeah i've wanted to do a podcast for for well, for ages, yeah. Um, because it's been such a big part of like, especially the last year, man. It's like I work in an office pretty much with me, and then it's just yeah. been with someone else, um, kind of more recently. Yeah. So obviously, it gets dead lonely. Yeah. So podcast. Is it still with your businesses? Still, is it just still just you? So and it's ju- so it's just me, and then I've got um, I've got a student a student on placement, yeah, from yeah. Uh, from Man Met, but she's she's on full time. Yeah, and then I've got a freelance worker as well, and then yeah. I've got a mate who also kind of come in that does freelance, dependent on kind of busy times. We've yeah. got big deliveries and stuff, so yeah, it's still a two-man team, which people still think is is pretty ridiculous. Which yeah. I mean, it, in essence, it is, but we just get each other and we have yeah. a system going, and it's like you have. To, I think when you're bringing people in, one that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen people do, mm. especially businesses that have kind of grown like mine and are in the same sort of field, is that people go oh yeah, we've seen this growth. Mm. Let's bring on six people. Let's bring on someone in marketing. And you can't manage them. No. You can't teach them like the values, the foundations of the yeah. business. So that's the way I think it loses direction. So I'm just at the moment basically going, right, this year, yeah. try to bring, bring someone on every kind of three months yeah. to, to focus all your energy on them, yeah. guide them kind of into it. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good idea, man. I mean, like we've, we've been trying to bring someone in to EY3, uh, for a while and the hardest part is is like when you bring someone new in it changes the whole dynamic of yeah 100%. Of, of your team and it's finding someone who's going to be a positive contribution to that dynamic yeah yeah and not take away from it or distract it and turn it into something 
different do you know what i mean yeah it's been it's, it, as well at the moment the last the last set of interviews i did it's kind of the first the, f- the first girl that i hired she was doing little bits and bobs for me a lot of sewing and stuff stockroom stuff she was only doing one day a week mm. initially this was only like two years ago yeah um and i literally just stuck something on instagram and got recommended her for a friend yeah, yeah didn't yeah. even get in, in interviewed she just came in and she was like because she could do the job that was yeah. needed and it was only one day a week. She yeah. kind of just started yeah. and then never left. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the role just kind of, she just, she's seen everything go from like yeah. being really small still yeah. to like she's gone through every stage whilst kind of being at uni, yeah. which is great. But the, so the last the last set of interviews did was the first ever time. Right. Which is obviously quite daunting for, for anyone. It's like, you know, as much as, being in, being like being interviewed, you don't want to say the wrong thing. But it's also yeah. when you're when you're an interview, and I get really like into it, and I was like, yeah. yeah da, da, da. In the end, I was like interviewed six people. Like, shit, I think I've just offered them six jobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I wanted to see that the way I go, I want to see the positives out of everyone. Yeah, I'll always go. Oh, you know, that's really good that you're doing. This. But I was like, yeah. shit, shit, shit. But doing it over Zoom. Yeah. Like oh, I'm a person. Did over Zoom? Yeah, I did him over Zoom, yeah. so I couldn't even. It wasn't even like I could get that connection. <laughs> yeah. And that was a massive part of it. So. I That's, kind of it's st- weird like you can meeting people over zooms like it's cool and everything obviously we've all had to do it but that one-to-one personal connection you can't yeah, read someone's yeah. energy through a computer screen nah 100 percent, and that's exactly kind of how i am yeah. is that i'm one of those guys i can be someone's best mate in five minutes yeah. you have that kind of like initial connection yeah then that's it. Yeah. And I think that's really what, so I kind of said to myself, I was like, right, I can't, I'm not going to interview until it's kind of like cool yeah. and okay to do it again. So, um, cause I just want to do it face to face. But there's a quite a lot of good programs on at the moment. I'm, I, I, I want to build a really young, hungry workforce, mm-hmm. people who have got a lot to learn and, and, and want to learn multiple aspects, not yeah. just going to get this in one person in to do one yeah. role every day. It's like, there's so many different aspects in a, in a, in a fashion business in any business that's small to learn yeah i think the way to go about it is kind of go kind of go young and hungry initially how, how long have you had that, uh, the business for now so unique is uh seven and a half years old which is it seven is, and, is it seven years yeah it's so weird so how did you that. start it so it's quite a good story actually so i was at manchester uni yeah uh got my degree in, in, in business management it was with leisure actually so it's more kind of public sector led mm-hmm. um I always knew that I wanted to start a business. I guess for me, it was, I didn't know fashion. I guess it was just kind of like, when the right idea comes along, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. So you didn't even plan to get into fashion? Didn't, I didn't plan it. And uh, I didn't plan to do it then, but I got offered a job at Virgin Media. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get it in Manchester because I wanted to stay in Manchester. But the role I got offered, they wanted me to move to Peterborough. Right. Which hopefully no one from Peterborough watches, but it's not yeah. the best. It's a, it's a shithole, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> and uh, and I remember going to visit and my parents were like, I, I knew that I didn't want to take it. Yeah. I knew like in my gut, I didn't want to take it. But my parents were like, it's Virgin Media. It's a massive company. It's, it's a, a grad scheme. You've got to, you've got to, you, you know, you can't turn it down. Yeah. They didn't believe that I think was going to get anything better yeah. or was going to do anything better. My brother was working for a big accountancy firm. So they were like, it's that security thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, your parents only want the best for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, necessarily, it's not necessarily the best for you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So anyway, I, I remember going to visit the, visit the offices because I was looking for a gaff done it. And my gaff was 240 quid, right. bills included. And I was what, like in, in, in Peterborough, yeah. in the city centre, right from next cheap. to the footy, footy stadium. It's because no one wants to live there. 
exactly the reason <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's cheap it seemed mint at the time but then i realized soon realized why after a couple of months but no i got there and i, I remember walking in and my manager was amazing yeah he was such a good guy and, and he was one of the best parts about it but so you, you went to do the job then so he walked me around the office and i knew again yeah. straight away near my car i was like it was really techy there was screens everywhere because it was yeah. a fault center it was a business fault center the job was in operations right so it was very behind the scenes yeah and you, you know you as far from it. fashion as you could possibly get i know <laughs> and it was really really behind the scenes and it was like i'm not a behind the scenes kind of guy i'm yeah. like make things happen in the front line yeah and i just knew straight away and uh i think i knew within the first month and my girlfriend at the time she was living in london mm. so i was like Every weekend, go to London. Oh my yeah. God. Coming up to Warehouse Projects because I still had loads of mates in Manchester and it was that yeah. kind of September, October season. And I was just doing that every weekend, going back on Monday, yeah. miserable as sin. Mm. Just like fucking hell. I can't, I can't. And I, I remember phoning my mum after a month and she was like, you can't quit it now. And I was like, mum, I'm like, anyway, skip another month forward. Mrs. dumps me <laughs> after yeah. five years. So I was like, <laughs> really fucking depressed then all they had was gta 4 come out and i was rinsing gta 4 or 5 whatever it was on the on the headset to my mates at home and yeah. i was like this is that was all i was living for yeah and i just said to my mum after three months i said look I, I, you know i can't do it yeah i was like i was in tears i was like and she went right okay i said i'll stick it out for six months so it looks good on my cv so it doesn't yeah. look like i've left it straight away I had no mates in peterborough nothing it was all it was awful and um that was the only other time I felt feel like I've actually been like fundamentally depressed and it was all because of a job. It's yeah. so, so hard leaving uni yeah. anyway. That's that on its own is but you think how much time down. you spend like your whole like eight a job, like eight hours a day or whatever, it's it's the centerpiece of the entire yeah. day. And if that eight hours is not being fulfilled where you're happy or you feel like you're progressing or developing, it's it ultimately has to set you on a negative yeah, yeah, path, yeah. doesn't it? Exactly. And I knew that it was like, well, the reason you go to a company like that in a grad job is you're gonna, you, you aim to spend three years there at least, don't you? Yeah. And the come down from uni is, is, yeah. is bad enough as it is. So yeah. anyway, so they offered me a, a move mm. to a new office in Hammersmith to do marketing. And I was like, do you know what? I probably would have really enjoyed that. Yeah. It was like, salary was like 19 grand or something. I was yeah. like, fucking hell. Move to London, 19 yeah. grand. I'll be, be eating... Yeah, you'd be peppered. Pot noodles. Yeah. It was just been so I was like I was like so literally had nothing to lose. Yeah. That was the thing, had literally nothing. Yeah. No misses, job that I hated. <laughs> it was a complete fresh start. Yeah. Which was the reason I went, Well, okay, I can do kinda of do anything that I want mm. again. I've not lost too much time. Yeah. Um so I went, do you know what? I'm gonna start a business. So I remember going to the reason it started, the reason I got the idea in my head, I went to Shoreditch, went to Spitalfields Market, yeah, saw a couple of t shirt stalls. Yeah. And I was like, they're really cool. And it mm. was like independent brands. There was hype that had just come out and blown yeah, yeah. up. Hype and it, smashed it yeah, out of nowhere, and, didn't and, and there wasn't really like... That's just, they're just a couple of guys from Leicester, right? Hype. Yeah, well, the original... The funny story that, the original designer for Hype who um, got bought out or I think some, some bits went on now designs Vice for me. Right. So he designs one of the brands for me. He's designed this brand for seven years for me. But it's not something... That, but you can see like just the the talent to draw a logo and it work yeah. like that. Yeah. Some people could just knock out something in five minutes and you just go, wow, yeah. that's just like so viable to yeah. everything. So I've worked with him for like seven years and he's incredible. Um, and that brand Vice under Unique is just, is insane. So he's been a designer that I've worked with from the, from the get go. Yeah. And it's a weird story kind of how that kind of links. Yeah. But yeah, so I was like, there's no one really bringing these together yeah it didn't really exist. like the end was nowhere near where it was then mm. you had asos mm. but asos was 
stock in your Adidas, your Nike, yeah, North just, Face, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I went, well, do you know what? I'm going to flip it and do something a little bit different. And I'm going to bring, I had a couple, he was one of the guys from Shrewsbury, well, Telford he's from. Um, and then I had another guy from Shrewsbury who I went to college with, and, they, and they'd both done art foundation courses. Yeah. And they dabbled a little bit. Well, Jack obviously had done hype. Um, the other guy, Josh, had, he was doing like illustrations on t-shirts and yeah. just doing a couple of drops. Yeah. But he was already doing really well in his own agency and freelance that yeah. he was designing so much. He didn't have the time to do it. Yeah. I said, well, I've got the time to do it, just not the design front yeah. at the time. I, I couldn't draw, still can't draw for shit now. <laughs> but um, I was like, well, let's bring it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did not know anything about fashion. Only just had an interest in it really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's brand new. So what, what was the first step then? So you got the, your first set of designs, got your first... Yeah, so I, I think... The f- was it I, t-shirts you did Yeah, first? first, I think the first thing, I started with two brands. No, three brands. So Lazy Detroit, which was just one t-shirt. That was kind of like a New York style. Yeah. You know, the big, you used to put big graphic yeah, prints yeah, on yeah. Like, like loads of skyscrapers yeah, and shit yeah. like that. That was that first one. Horizon Bay, which was... A little bit Abercrombie-esque, a little bit super dry-esque, but mm. a bit cooler. Yeah. Um, and then Vice, which is still the same. That's all done on 80s colour and culture. So it's a lot of like, it was a lot of like neon stuff at the time, but it's yeah. real like 80s kind of um, graphics. And I started with nine styles and got about 20 made of each one, I think. And you sell them? Um, yeah, I think, I think the majority obviously just goes to mates. Yeah. So I threw a little launch party. It's a great excuse <laughs> to have a launch party. Get paid. <clears throat> yeah. Add a little order sheet on the thing. So everyone came down, write down their orders. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think a lot of the first, lot of the first few months was, was generally just going to mates and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is where you often, if, if you ever read like how to start a brand, the first thing is sell to your mates. And then that's where mostly just fucking drop off. Yeah. Um, and you can see, I can see, you know, I can see why. Because after that, there's a big lull. There's a big gap. Yeah. Um, and at that time, Cause it's, yeah. you get your first initial, obviously your circle of friends, family and that, they'll all support you on your, your new project. But mm. one, it's, it's getting a brand or a business beyond that surface yeah, yeah. Of, of your direct contacts. Yeah. I remember that was, the, that was the first thing. And I was like, the first few stages were like, right, I really need to get this beyond my circle. Yeah. I really need to target and focus people who I don't know, and mm. those are the sales that kind of mattered. And then obviously, I don't think I did an international sale for the first four months. Really? Which when you now put into perspective, international's 80% of my business, Yeah. like 80% of my sales, that, that was like, I think it was a good six, seven months before I potentially did anything abroad. Really? Which is just, now, if you think of it now, it's just crazy. So 80% of your business now is, is international? Yeah. So yeah. how does that work? So... It's just it's just picked up massively. I can't you know I can't. There's a, there's loads of reasons. I think um, Facebook ads and Instagram ads are now unbelievable. Yeah. The new platforms, the algorithms and stuff like that. You, you can pick your audience and stuff like that. And, yeah. and Facebook and Instagram will kind of sort it for you. They'll put the ads in the best place. So they obviously get criticised because they're heavily monetized and they've killed any organic reach and post. Yeah. And I get that, and it's, it's crap. Off a business page, but still yeah. off, like, off a personal page, you can still get decent yeah, reach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they have separated it massively, which is quite a good thing. Um, but yeah, the, the way that they just will show the ads in the best possible place for them yeah. to get you the best results, yeah. they could just be lazy about it. But yeah. So that's a, that's a good thing. So I target them countries quite heavily. Like Germany's probably my most sold to country. Yeah. So how's Brexit impacted that? Oh, Brexit's been a fucking nightmare. So... 
I'd basically given birth to a whole new business right. twice over in, in January. So I didn't prepare for it. Like me, but, I just... So this January this when January it all went through? This January just came through. So the so changes, how, changes so, in the tax. Yeah. Um, changes in the shipping. So I basically had to... I was shipping with Royal Mail before. I had to completely change to a new courier. Right. So the tax is kind of reversed. So <laughs> before I was just paying the VAT to our government, HMC. Yeah. Now... You can't do that. You, so mm. you don't charge the VAT. You don't pay the VAT. The customer pays it. The customer is technically the importer. So now my stuff goes to Venlo, to a hub in Netherlands. Mm -hmm. I then pay the taxes to them, which then they distribute to their government. So, it's, so for it's, example, like to keep it simple, let's say you send a thousand pounds worth of stock to, to the Netherlands you've got to send them £1,200 worth of... Well, you've got yeah, to send them you, you then click a duties paid, so the couriers of whichever who it'll be will yeah. add on 21%, right. which, is the, which is the tax, the VAT, yeah. and then 12%, which is the duties for clothes. So it's like, you know, if you buy something from the States... And what would that cost you previous to Brexit? It would just be 1000 You'd just pay the 20% so now to you. So now you... So before January, it was a grand, and now it's 1333 Exactly. But you'd have paid 20% to wow. the HRMC. So 33% increase. 33%. Well, t it's technically 13 because you'd have paid 20% to the HRMC, which okay. you don't have to pay anymore. So, so there's a little shift. So it's basically just reversed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, the, the customer so how does that impact the, the, the How does that impact the entire... Because 13%, that's either going to inflate the cost of the product or be a loss on your profit margin basically yeah you, you take a bit of the hit you can try and uh, and increase your prices a little bit where mm -hmm. you can you increase your shipping or whatever um for me the fundamental of that was you don't want to scare eu customers off that was the one big thing because it was yeah. such a big market i went fucking hell no way is someone going to want to pay 30 quid for a t-shirt then when it gets to their door have to pay that 33% to the courier. You know, like we do, we yeah, buy something from the States. Yeah. That was the risk that we were under right. as retailers here. So they haven't ever done that with shopping me, with me for seven years, however long. Yeah. Like that's never been a case. So all of a sudden, if they started having to pay pretty much 50% of the t-shirt price yeah. at their door to the courier, but never would have happened. Yeah. So that's why I had to change to a courier so I could pay that to right. the courier. So the customer still, the service was exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but the back end was different. So I basically had to change to a whole new courier. Mm -hmm. In that, I had to change to a whole new website platform that made it easier to calculate the taxes. It was oh, like, wow. and I didn't realize any of this. Until January. At Christmas, I was there like, oh my God, like, oh my God it's meant to be off. Like, this is lovely. Got back on the fourth, yeah. all these fucking emails coming through. Brexit, dingy, dingy. And do you know what? No one knew because they signed that deal, didn't they, on Christmas Eve or yeah. something to say that, the duties, so that 12% I was on about, yeah. that only gets applied if the customer spends over 150 quid. Right. Which is a saving grace because my average order value is like 70, 80, 90. Wow. So I can save that 12%. Right. But if you're like selling a, if you're Gucci, for example, selling a 600 quid t-shirt jumper, like yeah. that's 33%. So it's been, I don't know how other businesses are coping, but it's been fucking, it's, it's fucking been a mental learning curve. It's ridiculous, like Christmas yeah. Eve. I don't, I don't, I, I don't get the benefit to anyone. I still can't see it. Like I can't, no, I can't see, see I, it. I can't see why. Cause All I me, see is limitation. Yeah. For me, I don't see, I just, maybe, I don't, maybe I just don't understand, but I don't 
see what 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 the point of this is. Yeah, but if you're not a, if you're not VAT registered, which a lot of businesses, small businesses, especially starting ones, aren't starting ones. If, yeah. I, if this was me six years ago, well, you lose that thirty three percent. Yeah, because you're not claiming anything yeah. back. You know, you're not claiming. Well, you wouldn't anything even be. Back. Yeah, but you would immediately be at thirty three percent more expensive to do anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's it's been a to figure that out sitting there at like. How you know how your brain is in January anyway? Yeah. Sitting there figuring it out and thinking, I I reckon I spent two weeks on the phone constantly, wow. just trying to figure it out, speaking to couriers, speaking to couriers, just con- and everyone was in the same boat. I had mates messaging me. I speak to quite a lot of other brand owners. Like, yeah. I'm not really like big on competition. I think yeah. we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, there's enough people to buy clothes that we don't yeah, have to worry it's, about. It's, who's never, doing it's the never-ending market. I know a lot it? of people do. A lot of brands are like, oh, hate other brands, and it's yeah. like similar to fucking DJs and music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you got probably, and I'm just not like I'm not asked about that. So yeah. I'll speak to other brands, and we can all help each other out. So yeah. I remember speaking to some guys, and was like, "Are you in the same boat?" They're like, "Yeah, we're in the same boat." And it it, it just took ages. And luckily. The EU sales hasn't dropped. It's actually picked up not? a little bit. Right, okay. Because we've got this solution and a lot of other businesses don't. I remember like John Lewis, My Protein, loads of business, big, big businesses, Debenhams, yeah. couldn't sh- just stop shipping wow. to the EU for and a month. In January? End of January. Just because no one could figure it out. DPD, who probably everyone gets DPD, they stopped shipping. Wow. Because no one could figure it out, paperwork, all this kind of shit. But luckily it seems like it's coming through the other end and then they're changing someone else on July 1st. So... To what? They're, ch- they're getting rid of the um, like. Uh, you basically the, the tax gets applied af- if you, if the value is more than twenty two euros. Right. So if you, if you like sending a book or something. Right. Which if you're selling someone a book or sending someone a book, like yeah. you don't want that to be delayed by getting tax added to it. Yeah. It's just a small medial thing. Yeah. They're scrapping that now. So everything. So if you were to send your pal something and it had no value, still have to pay tax on it. Really. Mm. That's ridiculous. It's just yeah. It's just they just I just I don't get it. But got to deal with it, I think. We're just hoping they'll probably scrap it after a year when everyone's got their solutions in place and paid thousands of pounds for new systems. Yeah, they'll scrap it as soon as this government's out. Yeah. As soon as, like, Labour or... Yeah, I can't see it stay. I can't see it sticking. I don't don't see the value of it. No. Especially for small businesses like mine. And now, especially with COVID, everyone's so protective and, like, got this empathy towards small Mm -hmm. businesses. Um, It's made... There's been a real shift. Yeah. And I've seen it more than anything, and that's probably one of the reasons for the growth is that everyone's gone, paid a bit more attention to all these new independents because they've had a little bit more time to look at it, find them, see that the the damage that kind of shit's happened and know that, like, they're at risk constantly. Yeah. So I think that people can see that and, like, the impact that Brexit's had on these kind of small businesses and go, actually, we'll probably stand up and... Has it made you push harder on the UK market more? Yeah, do you know what? It's made me push harder on the States market. Oh, really? Because obviously, you, to, to the States, you don't pay your VAT. And they've yeah. got some stupid... They've got it good over there, man. They, yeah. I think they can spend $2,000 before any tax. So oh, they really? don't get taxed. So there's just that... There's the 20% that's just gained. They, right. they don't lose it. We don't lose it. So States is actually a target, a country that I've targeted a lot more. Right. Um, but this is all learned for me. Like I've done this for for years, but I've only actually just sat down and started to learn countries' taxes and stuff like yeah. that. I've just completely ignored it for years because yeah. no one wants to. Fucking, it's not the fun part of it, is it? Yeah. So where do you bring it all over from China? Um, so the, so bound is is 
yeah, I've got factories in, in China. So I've got an agent and then small factory in the, in, mm -hmm. in the middle of China um, in one of the big cities that I go to and visit. Yeah. And uh, make sure it's all running okay and, yeah. and looking at the fabrics and stuff. So it's done like, it's done properly yeah. above board. I go see it because I'm only making small quantities from what yeah. I make over there. Yeah. I go and visit and, and sort of make sure everything's above board. I do that kind of twice a year. Yeah. So I'll fly over and normally do like three or four days. Did you like it over there? Oh, mate, I loved it. First ever time I went, went with the missus because she does the same thing, yeah. ironically. And uh, it's like getting off a plane in a completely different world. Yeah. The culture is so, oh, it's mental. When I first went, I was so surprised at how advanced it is there. Yeah. Because I was, I was expecting... I was expecting... <laughs> I'd the airports are to mad. Be, yeah. Airports are just crazy. I'd expect to be a bit more third world, but it's not at all. In fact, if anything, it's more first world than here. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it's so, like, um, where was I now? I was in, I think I was in uh, this place called Chengdu, and um, the people we were traveling with there, they took us around this shopping mall, and it was like, it was like a marble palace, and everything in it was so expensive. Like, yeah. They had all like these Montclair jackets and it must have been twice the prices that you're paying really? in. And it was like, where are they getting all this money from? It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny though. Like, it's just, the culture shock, two different things. It's funny when you walking around, you go to like the more westernized bits and you see a Levi's shop yeah. with the Levi's logo yeah. next to another Levi's shop with the same Levi's logo, the exact same. <laughs> yeah. And you walk in one and it's legitimate Levi's yeah. and they're 70, 80 quid. And yeah. then the next one, they're like it's nine like, quid. Yeah. But because of the, like all the copyright laws and stuff like that, they can't touch it. They can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. And it's like, that's fucking mad. And then um, the people are just, you know, like in the UK, everyone gives a shit about what everyone else thinks. Yeah. And they're like, everyone's real conscious of what's going on around them yeah, and like yeah. how people kind of look at you and stuff. It's like you go in there and you see a guy in a suit, full suit, sleeping on a park bench. Not because he's homeless or he doesn't have anywhere to eat. He's just tired and yeah. he doesn't mind sleeping <laughs> on a park bench. Um, so he just gets a couple of Zs and yeah. it's like, he'll do that and not give a shit that anyone's, like what anyone can think of. Yeah. And they're like, the, 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 the queue like jumping in and I'm yeah. like, they're like, we'll just kind of tr eat, get coffee and stuff at McDonald's because we know it's going to be all right. Yeah. They're at McDonald's and like queuing and then people coming in front of me, I'm like, it's just oh, the, it's the, 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 the people culture is just so different. Did you try a chicken foot? No, I remember I was getting brave at one point. Yeah. We had like, Nick, we stayed at, um, not the Ramada, one of them kind of Western hotels because yeah. they really don't speak much English over there no, as well. No, nothing, and, not um, at all. So we were like, and then next to it was this kind of like guy, that, this family rubs just cooking stir yeah. fries and chow mein and stuff out of and, and proper traditional Chinese food. So we yeah. were eating there a lot and just started with vegetable chow mein and yeah. stuff like that. And then I started going, okay, we'll have some duck. Yeah. I pointed it. I kinda, yeah. but the only thing I could do is point it. Yeah. And then at one point I pointed it something and it looked like fillets of beef. Yeah. Like stir fried beef. What, what, what and then it? the guy was going, no, 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 no. And it was pig intestine. Oof. And I was like, and he was trying, because he was like, he was, he was a little bit big and he was like slapping his belly, like pointing. Yeah. And he was like, good. And then some, like there was a foreign exchange student who just went, yeah, that's, that's pig intestines. I was just like, nah, that won't do me. Nah, just sling me back to the veg, <laughs> sling me back to the vegetables. Yeah, um, but yeah, didn't get anything. But yeah, the food there, and that's like, I think we were eating there and having a beer and it was yeah. coming to about 160. Yeah. Big six, 660 bottle, yeah. bottle of beer. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy. But yeah, I love it. 
I've seen Hypebeast uh, posted you today. Yeah, so that's probably why I'm a little bit chipper today. So first, I've been, I've been trying to sort this for ages. So I've got a new Bound collection coming out uh, Tuesday the 20th. Yeah. And I've been chasing one of the fashion editors for Hypebeast mm. since I launched Bound two and a half years ago. Because Bound compared to Unique is like, it's custom pieces. It's built from scratch. Everything's done from the buttons to yeah. the fabrics to like it, it's it's proper. I design it, yeah. CAD it, sample it, analyze it, make sure it's a proper proper good piece of clothing, yeah. basically. Um, and that's my project that I kind of have learned from five doing five years of unique. Yeah, I was ready to kind of progress to the stage yeah. where I can actually build. And I think that's what separates independent streetwear brands like smaller ones printing on t-shirts which is there's always going to be a market for that yeah it's it's and it's banging and it's so enjoyable yeah but the next stage is being able to build something completely from scratch yeah that's what separates the two levels i think yeah so now that's why i kind of have the two companies because i to me and people always ask why why like why have you got two two brands like what made you possess it and i was like well I didn't know any skills. I didn't know any fashion. I didn't know yeah. anything when I started Unique. Yeah. I did it for five years and was lucky enough. So that was to like your training ground. Yeah, yeah. It was it, the first two, three years was just I was was barely making a living. Yeah. I was scrimping, saving. Like it wasn't what necessarily looked like um, what what anything what it was going to be. Now it didn't look like it was going to be an achievable business. It looked like I was potentially probably going to have to sack it off. Yeah. But I never wanted to quit it. My yeah. parents, this was another thing that comes to my parents where you say, don't listen to your fucking parents. <laughs> um, they were telling me to get a job. I almost got a job. At the, I had a job offer at the Lad Bible. Yeah. Then they, I, t- I went to accept it. Then they kind of retracted it. Then they offered me another one again. Then they, what, retracted, they offered you a job they, and then they, they retracted, retracted it. So retracted actually, it. Got a job for you. No, and then no, they really. pissed me about for about two months. And in that time, I almost got a job at Betfred as well. Yeah. And got down to the last two. That didn't come off. And they were full-time jobs. I wouldn't, yeah. have, I wouldn't be sat here now, yeah. have, given I'd taken them. Given that Lad Bible thing, they yeah. offered it me in contract to sign a concrete, I signed the contract. Wouldn't be here now, wow. which is weird. But that's because my parents, for a reason, my, parents, my parents were like, it's probably about time you go and get a, a proper two, job. three years in. Probably you've had, time you've had you go a goal with this Yeah, yeah, stuff. exactly. Probably good about time you go get a full-time job. Yeah. Now I'm like, now, nah, <laughs> like, they don't, they never say anything. Yeah. They say, remember that time you tried to go get a, go get a full-time <laughs> And it's gonna like, work, mom. And, and in the end, I actually just because that was when I moved from home and started after paying rent again, so my yeah. responsibilities rose a bit. Um, so I got a job at Topman. So yeah. I was working like ten hours there just to pay the rent. So I know that I had that little bit of security windfall. But that was actually in the end probably the best thing because I was seeing firsthand trends yeah. in a shop. So what was coming in new? Because you know, a shop gets everything three, four months in advance to what's yeah. online, don't they? So. Yeah. That was a really good thing, actually. And I, le- I did learn a lot there. As much as I hated the job, it's not yeah. great working in a shop. But um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good thing. So that was like, that first five years was just a full learning block. Mm. That was like and uni again. Yeah, for you then, wasn't yeah, it? ultimately, yeah. And I did, like the mistakes that I made and the lessons that I learned and deals that I signed and people that I worked in and stuff, I started to gauge who I wanted to work with, the reasons that I was doing it, mm. And just focus basically on like, and it's always been the same that everything is with it is organic. Everything in it is 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 genuine and authentic to me. Yeah. Like it's always been the same. You know, I'll only release and design stuff that I would wear. Yeah. And I like it first. It has to get signed off by me. I don't sign it off because I think that 
That's good. So you wouldn't, ever, gonna... you wouldn't sell something you wouldn't wear? No, I wouldn't know. Or if I didn't believe in it, mm. I wouldn't. Obviously, I've done pieces of clothing before that you look back on it now and I think, oh, shit, no, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> How did I release that? You know what I mean? But you're going to have that. Like, yeah. you, and, and you, you, you can buy a piece it? of music and at the time you think, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you can yeah. listen to it two years later and, and think, it's like, what, what was I done? thinking? Yeah. yeah. But that five years was just like, and that's, that's when I knew when I was ready for Bound and that it was yeah. going to be that step up. It was going to be like the game changer, it was going to be the level up. So today to get featured by Hypebeast, who will only publish you if you're decent yeah. or, you know, you've got something about you or, yeah. or, you're, or yeah, you're good. That's a that, big shout that, That's a big thing and it's not paid for. I've never paid to get in a magazine or anything like that. I yeah. know that it's a big thing, but I'm not quite at that stage yet. Still want it to be organic. If I get yeah. to the stage where I pay for it to go in magazines and I, do, I understand that's a different kind of level of the business, yeah. but... For them to, to, to put that, I was, I, was, I was buzzing this morning because yeah. that's like, it's a good sign of, yeah, this is on the, this is on the right yeah. track. But um, it, was for, it was for a campaign that's been shot over in the Dominican Republic. Right. So the collection I designed, I think I designed it because I designed a bound collection like six, seven months in advance because it, like yeah. it goes through the sample and you get it and you need to make a lot of changes and stuff. So it actually takes six, seven months before you can get the final product and get, right. them, get them landed at your feet. Um, so at the time I was like, right, I'm going to design this with like a little bit of a Spanish, Hispanic kind of vibe to it yeah, and go shoot it in Spain, somewhere right. in like rural Spain. Lo and behold, you didn't think then that you still wouldn't be allowed to go yeah. anywhere now. So the guy reached out to me and then it was a bit of turning and throwing and he was, he, he, I knew that it was going to work when he went, right, let me go around and send you photos of locations and stuff. And what, he was in shooting, Dominican? In Dominican, yeah. yeah. And he was shooting everything. And he, and he was, I think he, he had some roots in Miami as well. And I was like, that's a good little combination. Yeah. Dominican and Miami, you're getting a good little kind of vibe there. And he went around and he showed me like loads of locations and stuff like that. Looked at all his work and he shoots everything on, on a VHS. Right. Oh, wow. Um, and everything on portrait film, which was completely fit into everything that I wanted to do for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of knew it was going to work yeah. before and had that kind of good feeling, but that was only because of everything I've learned for the last six, seven years ago, yeah. six, seven years. So, yeah. and that decision-making now is so much more important because yeah. that wouldn't come off, like the brand wouldn't have progressed. So you see so many people these days, like, there's a lot of people out there who will try and start a new brand or they try and start and set up their own clothing label. And I think because there's so many independent, because it's kind of like the season of independent labels, a lot of people think it's easy. Yeah. What would yeah. you say to them? It's actually now, is it's the easiest time to do it, but also the hardest time to do it. Right. The easiest in the sense of, this, if you can attack a social media platform, if you know a shit ton about Facebook and Instagram yeah. ads, you've got a chance. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so hard because there's so many people doing it. You've got it like one thing at the moment, you've got influencers starting brands who have got 200, 300,000 followers. Yeah. They're just selling to numbers. They're just going like, well, just sling. They're looking at what everyone else is doing and we'll go, yeah, I'll copy that. Stick my name to it or whatever. But it's selling because mm. they've got that kind of cult following. So you're yeah. competing with that, yeah. which is hard. And it's like, that's just, it's, just, it's like someone famous writing a music track. It's, yeah. it's instantly, because they've got that following, it's yeah. instantly going to be good. But they'll just do it for a bit of cash for, yeah, for yeah. a year or two. And that's like, there's no passion behind it. Yeah. The only way you're going to make it work is if you've truly got the passion for it. Yeah. And you've wanted to do it for years yeah. or, you know, you've got a driving force kind of like I yeah. had. I had a driving force that my passion was I like, really wanted to make something work. Mm. I really wanted to start 
my own business and build a brand with my identity. Mm-hmm. It couldn't. It might have been in something different if I'd have fallen down that route, but yeah. I obviously had a strong interest in fashion yeah. to be able to make it work. Yeah. So I think if you're going to do it, and I still encourage people to do it if it's something they really want to do, mm. you just got to back it and back back it as a passion rather than I'm going to do this to make money. Right. That's that's that should be your prime focus because a lot of people will do it. Yeah. For the other reason, chase the dream, not the money. Basically, exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's like fashion's an art form, and you can't drive art with money. It's no. just it's it. You just lose sight of what you're doing it for, and, and mm. like speak to DJs and stuff, and a lot of the art and music that they've written or made is is often because when they've made it for someone else for money. Mm. And it's the same thing in fashion. If you start doing things because you want it to make money rather than like I said because you want to wear it yeah you go on a little wrong track yeah what's next for you then wow god this where year, do you see all of this going like what, what what's the goal this year's just been it's been mad i think three 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 hundred and fifty percent growth for unique year on year Rip. for 2021 yeah. uh bound is 300 percent. wow so that's stayed the same for the whole of every month in, yeah. in 2021 compared to 2020 i think i started to see some big growth around kind of april last year in line yeah. with a lot of the a lot of other retail businesses um so november last year i only moved into a new 2000 square foot unit yeah out of i was in um awol studios over there which is like it was like a creative um mill yeah and i had one unit which was 150 square foot then took another one next door yeah and then by the end i had three yeah they were all like dotted about i was like and it was on the fourth floor yeah. with a dodgy new york lift you know oh, with the, yeah, you know, yeah, with the yeah. shutters and i was yeah, like yeah. i'm gonna get I'm, this is even gonna fall when yeah. i'm putting the stock oh, in, and I'm, locked in and i'm a goner i'm yeah. getting locked in yeah so come the time out, I remember ordering the next band collection and I wasn't in the new unit and it yeah. was, I think it was 75 boxes. It was a ton's worth of stock. Yeah. And I was like, a ton. A ton's like, worth a of ton stock. A ton. And I was like, you know. shit, that's a yeah. lot. In that lift. In that lift. I was like, I need to find somewhere quick. It's like putting a car in it. I need to it. find somewhere quick. So in that time, I managed to, I managed to get, uh, get into the new unit, which was 2,000 square foot, which is amazing. I absolutely yeah. love it. Stung a pool table in the top. It's got a thousand square foot bottom, which is stock room, and then Amazing. upstairs is the office. So I've got the room to grow in there. So I think four days later, that ton came in. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. opened the doors and was like, sling it in. Um, but that's almost like in in four months yeah. since November, it's full. Really? Yeah. The whole the whole thing's full. And wow. I'm in a three year lease, so I'm like, <laughs> shit. Do I, you know? So you're on a four thousand so square foot place. Yeah. Right? So it's 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 a nice it's a nice problem to have. Yeah. Um, the next thing is is to bring staff on and to I want to build a team yeah. like I'm, I'm I want to be around people again. Yeah. You know? I miss that office yeah. office environment. And that's one of the one things that I really do miss and, and like the most. So I want to build a team of people that are like and give that opportunity. Yeah, it's good to give give something back and and have that feeling of like you know you're giving people an opportunity, you're teaching people yeah. skills and like I loved I used to love doing that when I was 17, 18, yeah. 19, and there wasn't enough of it. Yeah, so. I'm still only just turning 30 next month. So that's still quite young. Yeah. Um, and it's still, I'm still in, I know that I'm in a position where I am still super young doing something. And I've got quite something quite, that can potentially be quite big. So yeah. to be able to build something below that, yeah, that's the next goal, I think. Yeah, man. I think, I think these stories are so important of, you know, like building something independently from the ground up, especially in like, 
creative or fashion or anything like that. It's so difficult and, and the, the success stories within that end of the culture is so few and far between. I think it, it's really important that like we celebrate these kind of stories and, and let more people hear about them and, and encourage other people to, to follow suit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I just got a message literally just before I came in, actually, and it was a, yeah. it was a close pal that I've known for years and years and years from school, and he's doing freelance podcasts and stuff now. I think he does bits on tail ends and stuff like that, and he, yeah. he, put a, he shared the high beast story, and I would yeah. never have known this until he put it on his story and was like one of the people who inspired me to go freelance. And I was yeah. like, you did, that's like... One of those things you take back and think, fucking hell, did it, does, does, you know, does that really, does that, does yeah. my kind of story do that for people? But anyone says to me, oh, how do you do it? Like, you know, oh, I'm too scared to do it. And I'm like, how, they're like, how, how do I kind of approach it? And I'm like, well, I was lucky because like I said, I had nothing to lose. Yeah. But like with people now who've got so many skills, it's quite easy, it's quite easy to go, right, put your, plunge, take the plunge. Yeah. Put your skills in. Try bring some clients. It's, yeah. it's easy to make. Try and cover I think your. You've, co- got, cover you've your... got to be that sort of person where you've got to be able to sell, haven't you? Yeah. I think. Yeah. If you're a person who doesn't want to, or have a passion to to build them sort of networks and connections and having them conversations, then you are going to struggle to go independent. But if you, that is within you to do that, and you're not necessarily a you are a front of house person, then I think you've got every chance of doing it. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's a scary feat, like going on your own. And, and that's what I mean, some people just love, some people thrive off being underneath someone, being yeah. like having that guidance. Yeah. But you can do, if, 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 if someone's going to come to me and ask the question, yeah. it means that they want to do it deep exactly. down. Yeah, yeah so exactly. So if you've got that, exactly. you've just got to, you've got to give yourself, you know, even if you try it for six months, mm. And you know you've got a skill and you can try and transfer it and you can try and say, right, so you just work out in your head and say, I need to make this much to make, to cover my bases. Where can I get that mm. foundation from? Then you build everything on, kind of on top of that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think there's anything more. Now I, I'm like, I would never work for someone else because I don't think there's anything. I, I, that's just how I am though. Mm. I've always been like, I've, I'm a little bit of a probably a control freak, my yeah. missus would say, but um, <laughs> I just like like that independence. I like to be able to see, make my own decisions, and see what comes off the back of them. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing more kind of. The one thing that is obviously bad is that everything goes on my shoulders. Mm. So if I have something shit go on in the day, it's not like I can unload that on someone else. So it does yeah. like have impacts like that. You know, yeah. I, that's why I. A lot of people go into partnerships, and you yeah. can see exactly why that does. And a lot, even I even that, in its, its own sense, works really well. It's the price really well. you pay for for self employment, isn't it? Oh, mm. like when you've got a job, you can go home at five o'clock, or and then that's the end of it, and you have to think about it till the next yeah. day. When you've got your own business, yeah, it's twenty four hours. Yeah. You never really turn off of it. I don't do think I took it too seriously. Like now, I look back, I don't think I took it too seriously the first, especially when I moved back to Manchester. I was going to work at like 11, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, if I did that now, I'd be like what i'm in at half eight <laughs> yeah. i'm leaving at six you yeah. know what i mean and i'm i'm i was just like i look back at two three years ago yeah i didn't even realize that i was doing it didn't even realize that that's how i was and i was just like it shows you that you kick that little bit of high i guess it's a little bit of maturity yeah um a little bit of obedience is that yeah. in, like discipline is that i probably wasn't the most disciplined that mm. you know if I go out and go out on a saturday i'm still feeling a bit rough on a monday i'll just yeah. go in at lunchtime yeah like that's not going to get you where you want it to be no as fun as it is yeah you have to like you have to put the graft in yeah no you do
Nice one, Jake. Thank you, mate. Pleasure.